Hey guys, it's your girl Naya and Tuli. And this is Rant Much, a podcast for black girls that talk too much. So, Tools, how you doing today, sis? I am doing really, really well. I'm in a good space. I'm excited for today's episode. Um, yeah, um, my week's just started. I think last week, if you guys listened in, you will know that I am currently coming out of a fog. I was in a terrible fog um, the past few weeks. You know, life was laughing really hard, and your 20s are a very difficult space to be in. And um, yeah, but I'm coming out of the fog. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm still broke, but I'm okay. <laughs> How Girl. are you? Girl. Um, I think we've switched places. I think we have officially switched places. Um, I am definitely in the funk, and when you say your 20s are just a really hard time... I've never felt that so much in my life. Mm. Um, and I feel like my 20s are how my teen years should have gone. Okay. I like. But what does that I had mean? a lot of other things going on. So in my teen years, I had like my parents' divorce and you're going through puberty and all these other things and you're finding your own identity, right? And there wasn't a lot of like individual freedom. Like, A, by my choice, because I just always, I'm a homebody, so I was mm. always up under my mom or at home reading a book or watching something. I don't know. But I, was, I wasn't I was a big, like, party or go out person. And then in my in my late teens and then my 20s now, I, I'll go out every once in a while with friends. Like, it's fun to meet new people for me, but I'm still essentially a homebody. I, I like to say I'm an introverted extrovert, but I would say now... I have that individual identity of figuring out like who I am and what I want and who am I okay with in my space and all these other things. And so I've started the journey of um, trying to like unlearn some of my traumas. Mm. Um, And that is a lot. (laughs) I'm like reading this book um, that my girlfriend had recommended to me. It's called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera, mm. um, and she's a psychologist, and we both follow her on Instagram, so, like, we knew her content already, but she, she now has a whole book um, for the process, and I have, I do have a therapist, but, like, your therapist only sees you, like, what, once every two weeks, once every three weeks, like, mm. there are decisions that you make up until that point, right, that might have been questionable, <laughs> that they hear about as a result um, type thing, and rather than be reactive, I decided to be proactive, um, and get this book. So as I'm like reading, it's like every other page, I'm like breaking down, crying, like, oh my gosh, I used to do that. What? Do, why do I do that? I'm a yeah. mess. Why am I such a mess? So like, that's where I'm at right now. It's not that like life sucks. It's not even that I'm a bad person. It's just like I'm human and coming to grips with some of those un, um, unappealing pieces of myself kind of suck. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, the so work that's isn't easy, at. hey? The work is not easy. And I think the older we get, the more we learn ourselves, the more we realize that the work is not romantic. But I, um, yeah, it's great that we share and we've checked in. I want to introduce our very special guest. I'm sitting here so excited, bubbling with excitement. (laughs) 
<laughs> As you can tell from the title of this episode, we are diving into <laughs> the colored South African woman. A lot of our American audiences have been asking for this episode just to give them a little bit of context. Because yeah. like we said in a couple of episodes ago, what colored means in, in America and what colored means in South Africa are two completely different things. And so completely Naya different. and I cannot speak on that context or on that experience, although I'm South African and grew up with colored people, know colored people, have colored friends. Don't I sound white? Like, I've got black friends. <laughs> so, uh, we have a very special guest here, Esty Klaassen. One of my really good friends is here. She is a colored woman from Cape Town. And she's here to just shed a little bit of light on what all of this means. And we're just going to have a girl chat with her. But before we dive into it, Esty, we need Ooh. to check in with you because we've checked in. And so the question we ask our guests is, if this part of your life was a chapter in your book, what would it be called? So this current phase where you Mm -hmm. are and this week. Hey, hey guys, what's up? My (laughs) name is, as Tuli introduced me, thank you so much for for having me, guys. Um, Yes, I'm Esty Klaassen, born and raised in Cape Town. Um, I haven't done a check-in in a very long time. Um, not ah. even with myself, actually. So this is nice. It, it kind of put me on the spot, but let's go. I didn't warn her about this, guys. No, not at all. Um, oh, Lord, too late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to know the name of the chapter? Mm-hmm. And so my week and like kind of this point in where we I'm sitting are. right now. Yeah. Um, I think it would be called Stuck in the Mud. Mm. That's what I'd name my ah. chapter. One, because... I feel a little stagnant. I feel a little stuck right now. I feel like everyone around me is passing me um, and I'm just still sitting here stuck. Mm. And it's, it's not nice. It doesn't smell nice. Um, everything I mm. eat doesn't taste nice. Mm. Um, I'm in this space mm. where the people around me cannot see that I'm stuck because I'm not showing them that either. Mm. So it's like there's no help, right? No man's land. Mm. I, don't, I don't know how else to say this, but yes, even this week, for example, um, I've just been giving, given a new project and it's completely out of my expertise. Of course I can manage it, but I'm just like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm. So once again, stuck. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's me. I feel that. Oh, yeah. I resonate with that so much in the sense that it's particularly so the part much. where you said people don't know mm. that you're stuck in the mud. They can't see yep. it. They can't recognize it because yeah. You know, we wake up and we perform. Esti also comes from a performance background, just by the way. Um, I think also, before we jump into the actual episode, tell us about yourself and let our Rotten Munch audience just have a bit of context. Sure. Um, Who are you? (laughs) I can actually say that I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Same, sir, same. So, no, um, I mean, just uh, a little bit of me. I I grew up in Cape Town, relocated to Johannesburg, South Africa, where I completed my master's degree in the arts, um, where I focused a lot on drama therapy as well as applied theater, which is really just the basis of what applied theater is, is what um, we use drama methods to kind of um, transform, transform communities social transformation, etc. Um, that also inspired me to start my own company, which is called SD Lauren Consulting. No originality there whatsoever. <laughs> Name um, it after yourself. <laughs> okay. my, um, and that's, that's, that's kind of my pride and joy. But obviously, because of this pandemic that we're in, it kind of, again, stuck. You know, mm. it put a hold on, on, on that. Yeah. Um, I literally, what I do is I go to schools, particularly with colored kids, 
and I teach them drama and I and I give them the stage for their voices to be heard. Um, it's named after something I'm extremely proud of, which is my thesis, which is called We Are the Stories We Tell, and that each and every child oh. in our communities need a stage, a platform to share their stories. I think that we're not heard enough mm. as a colored community. Let's yeah, just dive yeah. in. Let's I just mean, go right in. <laughs> Let's I just go right in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I just and, and I think that's also what inspired my my um, company and, and for me to do what I do is because I felt that yes, one, we're marginalized, um, but I just felt like our, our voices was not being heard. Um, even during my mm. academic life, I was the only one who wrote a thesis on this topic. I was also the only color child, I guess, uh, in my class, yeah. but um, it wasn't being spoken of, in, of enough, you know. So yes, that's who I am. Very passionate about the colored identity but uh, recently hey they they've disappointed me quite a bit <laughs> and i'm just there's a, there's a lot happening uh, politically in south africa right now mm. which is kind of um okay uh, and i think uh, it's referring to one particular political party um who is very pro colored and I just think I'm anti the way they're handling things, mm. right? So for me, being pro-colored means mm. that you don't need to bash or dislike black or white people. Yeah. But that's exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot within colorism. Yeah. Like tribalism, color within the colored community itself. We come in different shapes and sizes and shades and forms. Yeah. And within our yeah. own community, we are always being bashed, belittled if you're not... If you're not fair enough, you know, mm. Tuli and I had this chat a few weeks ago about someone who is, um, she's actually black though, but she, she looks, she's got my skin tone and um, okay. skin color, complexion, mm. sorry. And I think that obviously the lighter you are in South Africa, especially you highly regarded in everything when it, whether it comes to employment, yeah. schooling, everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I still I still stand for my race. I mean, for me, I, I think doing my research. Oh, I was actually also telling I talk a lot. Oh, my God, it's cold rant much. Right? So <laughs> can is, I go? You can go <laughs> off, sis. Yes, go, go. Off. keep going. Um, Tuli and I had this chat. OK, let me take it back. Sorry, my I was very proud <laughs> of the word colored with a capital C. Mm -hmm. I wrote a poem. If we have time, I'll share it with you guys called capitalize my C because in South Africa the C when writing the word mm. colored is not capitalized sure. um, and this is supposed to be That's my powerful. PhD <laughs> thesis so hold me accountable so I was very triggered by that right that black and white is capitalized okay. when you're speaking of race mm -hmm. but colored mm -hmm. our C is lower caps no mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and uh, I always had an issue with people saying to me as a colored woman but you know you're black, right? Mm. You know, mm. you know you've got like black blood. You, your dad's, and I, I cannot speak for my mother, my father. Sorry, I can. My mother, my father, my grandfather, <laughs> my. So basically, I don't know how far up on my 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 tree, like my family tree. But everyone I know identifies as colored. Mm. So when I oh. had um, fellow friends academics coming to me who were black and telling me that like you know that you're black like you need to calm down hmm. um so that always used to trigger me but up until a year ago i was like shit i'm black <laughs> <laughs> so i don't hold the word colored as as you know i don't 
I don't hold it that close to my heart anymore, so mm-hmm. I'm not offended, not even, okay. I don't think I was offended. I think, I think I was offended by the lack of knowledge that my black fellow academics or friends would come to me as. Yeah. I was more offended by the fact that they mm. could not, I mean, you grew, you grew up in South Africa. You know that we colored, and yes, a lot of, then I also got backlash from colored people who were like, why are you holding this term so dearly because it was given to us during apartheid and we, we're slaves that's why we're called colored because we're other mm. and i was like cool but it's it's a term that we now have and no one else can identify with the colored yeah. culture yeah. as much as a colored person can yeah yeah hmm. okay but i think for context mm. which is our first point of reference what is colored what? in a south african context right so for everyone who yeah is still a lost on what what is that what 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 makes up colored i mean i don't want to oversimplify it classification yes Mm. i don't want to simplify it as black person white person made a baby Mm. that person was then mixed race they then found another mixed race person made children and they all that's how the colored nation started i don't want to oversimplify it like that because i also think i mean i don't know much about it so i can't say that so what is colored for in layman's terms for our non-academic audience (laughs) Why? Because you saw me pick up my yeah. book. Esty yeah. has a whole book, y'all. She's going to read quotes from a book. No. So I'm going to give you my definition, right? And um, the, when it came to researching the colored identity, there's a lack of resources out there, whether it's in your library, in the academic institution. We don't have much. Um, so this is because a, a lot of my research, I had to like go and ask my great-grandmother or my mother to oh. explain and so this is what i've gotten right in layman's terms colored for me is when the koi sand came to south africa the koi and the sand came um and obviously you had your the settler the dutch people come in and and, and you know apartheid happened during that time the koi was then raped by the white man mm-hmm. um and that's the koi? i'm sorry the Koya are like the indigenous people of Southern indigenous, Africa. The of Southern Africa, basically. Got you. Okay. Yes. Cool. I, yes. I thought we were talking about an indigenous group of people, but okay. Great. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, um, so when they came, obviously, um, apartheid happened, and what happened was the Dutch, German, Dutch. The, All of the them white came. men. The white men. Okay. <laughs> the white people. <laughs> the white people um, ended up obviously raping. Uh, the koi, the indigenous group of people. And that's how, I mean, colored within itself is split into so many, diff- you get Cape Malay, which is which are those colored people who grew up in the Cape Peninsula, the Cape part of South Africa, right? And then okay. you get your Khrikwa, uh, which basically means that you look, you still look very indigenous. So you're you haven't been westernized at all. You still lived in the northern um, province in South Africa. And, you know, a lot of your uh, culture, things didn't shift. You still probably make food outside using a fire. Mm. Um, so there are different groups, classifications. Mm. I think that's a word, yeah, of colored people. But basically the gist of it is that the Khoi and the San were raped by the white man. And so I'm here today because of that. And that's that on that. That is that on that. Um, But I want to give you another definition. Uh Okay, so this is from my book. I feel like it would be, I would do this woman so much injustice if I do not even just drop her name in this podcast, right? So (laughs) Zimitri Erasmus is um, 
a woman who only writes about the colored identity. This is literally the only research mm. we have in sure. South Africa. This woman, and there's another man who I forgot. I forgot his name. So basically, uh, she always <laughs> talks about this, right? And she says, my blackness is supposedly visible only because I do not look white. But in some parts of West Africa, I am called white. My blackness is ambiguous because I am not black, black or black African. These descriptions are increasingly used to distinguish between formerly colonized South Africans with different historical relationships in this region and its colonial past. I am more often than not, not considered African in South Africa. I am still called mm. colored. Mm. And that's where I'm going to leave it. So this woman literally, it's because it, this is what I dealt with coming to Joburg, leaving Cape Town. And a lot of people will say, I think you told me a brief story that when you going to Cape Town, uh, people assume that if you look like me or you look like Thule and maybe not Thule so mm, much, yeah. um, but if you look, yeah, so they, they automatically and maybe it's the hair texture as well. Mm. It's the shape of your nose. It's the mm. way your eye, you know, your eyes, it's features. Mm they will automatically assume that you're colored. Mm. And then mm. you go and you, ex you explain to them that, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't know, from America, mm. let's say. And um, then they still don't get it because automatically they think that you think you're better than them. Yeah. That you left home oh to go get in. Yeah, it's so... It's a lot. <sighs> it's a lot. The identity politics in South Africa mm. guys are so layered mm. because complex, very complex. It's just it's a lot. It honestly is a lot. Um, and and what Esty's referring to is the story I told you guys episodes ago about um, I think she was an African American actress who was in Cape Town. Oh yeah, yeah. Looks like Esty has the very loose curl pattern. Who looks like a like what what our American audience would think of as black. A lot of colored people actually look like African Americans, black, actually. Yeah. Very light skinned with a loose curl pattern. And she was called colored in Cape Town and was super offended by that. But this is what Esty's saying that the context is so different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have a question. For those who don't that. know, uh, <laughs> I have a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> um, on my um, and to clarify, for those who don't know, colored on our side of the table was a derogatory term that they used for black people in like the 60s, right? So like during the civil rights movement, you would have bathrooms that would say whites only and coloreds only. You couldn't use yeah. the same water fountains. You couldn't go to the same schools. You couldn't use the same pools. There was an actress, I want to say it's Dorothy Dandridge. I could be wrong about that. She used one a white only pool she she's very fair like she's very like light skin um as an actress and she used a white pool and because she used it they drained it out immediately Whoa. um after she used it so just to give you context of how how serious they were about that very mm -hmm. um you couldn't perform inside the same music halls um which was definitely a problem for Ella Fitzgerald like it it just goes generations to generations to generations so her offense was to the fact that you were bringing her back to a time when the civil rights movement was happening and we yeah. couldn't even use the same bathrooms as white people unfortunately context is completely different sis and that that wasn't even what they meant when they said that but mm -hmm. her ignorance grew a whole movement of people like questioning 
how context influences um, how we perceive the environments around us, right? Um, which also led us to the series. So, you know, one person's ignorance is another person's bliss. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I got from that. Anyways, though, so I have a few questions. So one of the questions that I know probably a lot of us are wondering, what is the difference between being mixed and colored? And is colored kind of a term, and please let me know if this is offensive or also simplifying way too much, right? Could you argue that colored is the term that you give someone when they don't fit into your perceived perception of blackness or whiteness, and so we just put you in colored? Is that a thing? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I think for me when it comes to you know, identifying colored people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it comes with so much more than just how, you, or, or, you know, your complexion. Um, for me, I think okay. it's so easy to, to, as a colored person, I can identify another mm-hmm. colored person by their dialect, mm-hmm. by their mannerisms. Okay. So this is, I think, why I said earlier that colored for me is a culture because it's a culture that I have an eye for and I can totally pick it out, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and... Yeah you know, a very similar thing happened in SA, you know, you were talking about what happened with the blacks and the whites only. And um, I remember Mm -hmm. my gran telling me a story. This I found out during my research, right? Um, They had double-decker buses during apartheid and the, the white people got to sit upstairs and the black people could only sit downstairs. But my gran was so fair that she looked white. And um, so sh- they were like, okay, cool, go upstairs. And towards the end of the trip, because her father was not as fair, right? Towards the end of the trip, obviously he was looking for his daughter because she had just gone missing. And um, my gran was like hit for that. Like she was beaten. Um, we also had, I don't know if you know about the pencil test. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we had all these things which defined colored or defined whether you were white or not black enough or whatever the case may be. Um, But to answer your question about mixed race and colored people, it's so tricky though, Mm -hmm. because for me, mixed race is Trevor Noah, Mm -hmm. right? Black mom, white dad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I get that. That makes sense to me. But Trevor Noah would come to my hood, he would not be colored at Mm. all. Just because he looks like he could be colored. He's colored passing. Right. But as soon okay. as he opens his mouth, as soon as Trevor says something, I'd know, I'd be like, nah, fam, you need to turn around, <laughs> go back, go back to where you came from. Like, they're going to shoot you here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, we don't, <laughs> we don't shoot. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to answer your question because for me, I don't really, I always saw mixed race as this American mm-hmm. term. Mm. It's not even a thing here. Mm. To be, we're being honest, mixed race is not a thing here. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. So either you're black, white, or color. If you don't fit them boxes, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but... but, but it, it's even... It's, I don't even know. Personally, I don't even have any mixed friends for, to, for me to tell you what it is, honestly. Mm. Um, huh. I don't... I. I me neither. I don't, I, right? It's not a thing. Yeah. I, I can't explain it. It's not that there aren't mixed people walking around here. Of course they are. We Sure, there yeah. is a great big community of mixed race people. But I think the mixed races I have in my life are colored and black. Mm. I have an Indian and black friend. But I don't have black and white. 
and it's just not a thing here. And I think, huh? And I think, and a lot of times, if you do have a black and white kind of mix, either you grew up really, really black, yes, or really, really white, yes. So you 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 only identify as, as black or white, like Trevor Noah. Group. Yeah, I don't think Trevor Noah calls himself mixed race. I mean, I I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe no, not. I think he maybe now he's just black. He's yeah, black, but yeah. he's black. No. He's black. Raised by I mean, I think every single time I've, yeah, when I've read his, I mean, obviously I don't know the man personally, but when I've read his book and like watched Trevor, even when I saw him live, Trevor acts black. Like in American context, I immediately think Trevor Noah is black, even though I know he's mixed. There was a sketch that I once saw where people were cracking jokes about like who we as black people could claim. Um, and all of their like contributions to society and culture, and when they got to Michael Jackson, they were like, uh, probably yeah, before no. he got the nose surgery. Yeah. I don't know if we claim him. Maybe Jackson Five, <laughs> but it's Michael like Jackson, that. But yeah. not Thriller Michael exactly. Jackson. <laughs> not the Thriller Michael Jackson. We was like, eh, maybe I don't yeah. know. But then you go to like Mariah Carey, you immediately think Mariah Carey is black. Mariah Carey is mixed, y'all. Guys, like, I had it's no very apparent idea. that she's mixed. First of all, I had no see, idea Mariah See, this is what I mean. What? She looks very white. This is me. what I mean. Oh, I always knew Mariah had some black in her. Oh my gosh. What if, I swear. Like, oh, she's black. Me. She's yeah. black. Crazy. But oh, it's funny shocked. because it's like, in America, our context is if you have one drop of blackness, you're black. Sorry. Like, that's how they used to look oh, at us. Oh, like, I see. What is it? Yeah. The one sixteenth rule? If you're, and that, people get irritated with that. Like, if you're, there were posts during like the riots last year during quarantine where we just like I feel like people just blasted white women. It was like if you had the audacity to have a child with a black man, I just want you to know your child is black. Right. Even though you don't want to claim it, your child is black. Deal with it. Type thing. And people are like, No, my child is No, your child is black. If they have one drop of black blood, they're black. So stop being racist towards your own child. Please. I mean, I hear (laughs) And that was a thing. I hear you. I just I have an issue with this because I'm black and I can speak mm. on the black experience. I okay. am a little bit bothered by the rule of having one black, one drop of black blood in you. You are black because our experiences oh, yeah, absolutely. are not the same. Our lives nope. are not the same. And I don't know if nope. you can claim blackness. And, I, and then again, touching on last week's episode, I don't want to only associate blackness with pain and struggle. I'm not saying that, okay, because true too. you didn't, you know, you didn't do your homework by candlelight, you're not black. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that when you walk into a room, you get a different reaction and response and you're treated differently than what I do when True. I walk into a room. So I'm a little bit True. iffy about that whole one drop of black blood. I'm a little bit iffy about it because our experiences are just so different. So question for you, Tuli. Are you then okay with me not say, with me saying I'm only colored and you cannot say that I'm black. This is another one. <laughs> Cause I don't let me and just for context, black South Africans and black colored people also have a friction between them, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Yeah, black real. people look a certain way and many colored people look a certain way. And so I grew mm-hmm. up with, you know, colored people as my neighbors, front, back, next door, next door. So I was very much exposed to what they speak, what they say, what their conversations are, what their thoughts are towards us as black people. And many a times mm-hmm. I have found that colored people really have a nose up perspective towards black people because yeah, we're black, but we're not black, black. Like we're not like you black, mm-hmm. you know? 
And mm. so many times... It's usually like, seen know, as a derogatory term. Exactly. Right? I, I guess. I guess maybe... Okay. I guess maybe grouping them with the black people felt derogatory to them. Derogatory. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But... And then I got to a point in my life where I was like, actually, I get it. Can you imagine if your whole society, your whole group of people, your nation, your, your community, their history was so erased that they can't even write colored with a capital C. I understand yeah. the need to claim coloredness. I understand the need to say, I am not black. I am colored. And that is who I am. I honestly don't know how I feel about black people saying that they're colored. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't. Mm. I haven't had an in-depth mm. conversation about it. I do know that we have a lot of shared experiences, but I still do know Esti will still be treated differently than I when we walk and into white be. spaces. Mm -hmm. She has the privilege of yeah. being Afrikaans and speaking Afrikaans well. And in South Africa, if the white man is speaking Afrikaans and he's not going to speak English for you, Esti wins in that situation. I'm the Kafir in that true. situation. Mm. You know? I'm that person who's excommunicated because at least Esti has this, the cultural capital of knowing Afrikaans, walking into a bar and being able to speak to all the Buddhas. Yes. So I don't know how I feel, which is what I want to get into, actually. Um, hmm. Why do you identify as black? Because you've talk, taken us through your journey, right? You've had a time yeah. when you were like, I'm colored, I, I represent colored it is in me, it is who I am. Spell my colored with a capital C. What are the things that have influenced where you are now? And you're saying, actually, I, I might just be, I might, I might just be black. Where, 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 where did that happen? I got tired of having the same conversation. Mm. That's, <laughs> That's fair. I... I got tired of proving my identity over and over again, proving that or trying to convince people. And I, again, I didn't have enough acad academic knowledge to back it up. All I had was my, all I have is my experiences and my culture and going home to these stories that my grand, it's not written anywhere. Mm. I have to take my grand's word that mm. the white man hit her because you know, like it's not written anywhere. Mm. So, um, I'm trying, I tried, sorry, I tried to rewrite history for my people, but I got tired. I was carrying way too much. Also, I think I'm very, I take things, I don't take things lightly, right? Mm. So if I'm going to start a project and I'm going to get into something, I carried this with me for six years. Mm. And I eventually was mm. just like, you know what? I don't have to keep having the same conversation. It still comes up on numerous occasions, going to at bars, whatever the case may be. I sit there and I'm like, it's it's not my it's not my role to play anymore. I'm done. Mm. I got tired. Esti is one of those people who will get into a bar fight <laughs> should you say something <laughs> offensive about anyone she's with, <laughs> about colored people, whatever. She is breaking a bottle. And starting a riot. It's not that bad. Wow. As she should. Wow. As she should. I don't think I've ever gone out with you and we haven't been like, okay, we're leaving. We gotta go. <laughs> I just I just I just get so mad at people. And I think I, I think Tuli actually put me on my place a, a few weeks ago because she was like, There's no need to constantly be this woke. Mm. There are people who have It's exhausting. It what? is. There are people who actually, like, and I just need to figure out, like, I think there are people who actually are in the 
are not in the know of certain things. Yeah. Sorry, now you were going to say? No, I was just going to, this is kind of tangential, but I was watching this show called The Good Place, right? And the whole concept is you have to score a number of like good points to get yeah. into love the good place. Right? Love that show. Love that show. It's us. a great show. Love it. We great. Really and so, it. right? And so I, I had, I hadn't really like watched all the first season. I was like, this is just, it's, it's dragging. This is doing too much. And I re-picked it up like a few weeks ago and I just went through it and it was great. And half of the time I, I was watching, I was like, they're missing a, a essential part of the human experience, right? And towards the end of the show, they start talking about how complicated it is to be a human, right? It's really hard to make choices when you start thinking about the choices that you're making subconsciously. Like, mm-hmm. if I choose an orange, I now have to think about who picked the orange. Were they were they paid equitably? Were they given the same opportunities that a white person got to pick that orange and all this other stuff? And it becomes really hard to be a good person, Right. And so it's interesting when you're like, it just got to be way too much. It, it's tiring to be woke because mm-hmm. honestly, there is a good, there's this really tempting, I would say it's tempting. I wouldn't say it's good, but I would say it's an attempting piece of, of not knowing everything, right? The more knowledge you know, you now are responsible for what you do with that knowledge. Exactly. But if I don't know, I can now say, well, I just didn't know. I, I can plead mm-hmm. that inside court it typically doesn't hold up, but sometimes it does in our personal interactions, right? And so if I can say, I don't know the history of something, it's completely okay that I'm ignorant and said this, 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 and this. But now we live in an age where people go, but you should have known yeah. because you're how old? Mm-hmm. Because you've been on this earth for how long? Mm-hmm. You Who were the people you were around? You knew this music, but you didn't know who wrote it. All these other things, but it gets to be exhausting, right? So yeah. the reason why I bring up The Good Place is like, I, I don't know if I got enough good people points, but I do know <laughs> it, it gets to a point of being exhausting of like always having to know all the information, the full picture, which I think in a place like Johannesburg in South Africa, it, it's very apparent. It, it's really hard to know all the answers. As an American, I wouldn't necessarily know all of the cultural influences that go into you guys as social order, yeah. right? So like it would be really hard for me to come in and be like, okay, so I'm going to do this, this, and this, and not also recognize that I have privilege because not only am I American, but actually when I was there, a lot of people were like, you're not black. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? I mean, Naya, like, when I when I met Naya, she looked colored to me. So obviously okay. before we knew who was from Michigan and who wasn't, I was like, oh, that's the tour, South yeah. African tour guide. She's definitely <laughs> South African. Like, I don't know. I, 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 that's how my mind worked. But I think... The, the conversation of the wokeness for me is such an exhausting one because going back to Tell me about it. and uh, the conversation we had with Keem um, in the yeah. top of this season where he spoke about feeling like we have this shared vocabulary, right? You mm-hmm. in the world look like a man, dress like a cis man, and you walk into a room and you identify mm-hmm. as they and you expect everybody in the room to refer to you as they. It is so dangerous mm-hmm. to get into a space where we think that we share the same vocabulary because we don't. Mm-hmm. We, we don't. don't. <laughs> we live in a world like, where we don't exactly. anymore. Exactly. I mean, South African Twitter also, the culture of South African Twitter is also very hyperly woke. We have these amazing conversations on Twitter and we think we're having them in real life, but we're not. Mm. When, when you step into yeah. a taxi in Brahm, mm. 
Nobody is talking about dismantling patriarchy. Yeah. Nobody is talking yes, about yes. the identity of the queer female. In Nobody. the spaces we should yes. be having these chats. Exactly. So I think yes, I'm yes. A, I the conversation with Esti came from this exhausted place because I mean I studied at the market lab. I went to school with niggas, okay? Like with and I mean in the best way <laughs> High possible. High school for me, yes. <laughs> in the best way possible. I went to school with people who have completely different context to me and I walked in with my super wokeness and I was like, oh, so it doesn't translate here. Oh, so you don't understand what yeah. I'm saying here. Oh, so being woke yeah. doesn't really matter that much if you can't speak to people, if you can't engage them and have them understand you on a human level. What is all of that for? Yeah. So I, I get For me, that type. feels like the academics. Mm-hmm. I feel exactly. like that's the academics for me versus the everyday person, right? Yeah. So that was how I felt about college. We always joked and said Ann Arbor is a bubble. It's literally a college town. We don't understand why people live there if they're not in college, but people do. Um, and it's like this little liberal quote unquote bubble. And once you leave out of the bubble, people just didn't recognize that that's not, that's not how people actually talk. That's exactly. not how you engage with other people. And it's annoying because when you're used to being a real person in the real world, and then you go back, you're like, this is just jumble, mumbo jumble. It's literally like alphabet soup. No one cares about this. Yeah. Break it down so people can understand. And so I we guess, can actually have a conversation. Yeah, and this is why we're here and having this conversation. But just to wrap up, I want to ask um, SD one last question because I think we've gotten into the deep stuff. But tell us about the colored culture, right? From the food you eat to the way you speak to... I mean, I even hate saying this because it sounds so freaking problematic, but I love colored people mm-hmm. because I grew up around <laughs> colored people. Oh, thanks. I ate the porkies and, you know, like, I, I just, I, I, I love black people. I really do. <laughs> I, I have a lot of black you. friends. <laughs> but tell us about what They're makes... They're so great. <laughs> Tell us what makes the colored culture so distinct, so special, and and, and what it is, and why, if you are mixed race, you just wouldn't get it. Right. I think we can talk all night about the colored culture, right? So, again, I want to quote something. And this is, so, Naya, for just, I'm Mm -hmm. going to do a lot of translating now, because that's exactly what the colored culture is. Yes. It is not English. Yes. Okay. So um, there's this quote that this one academic guy uses and he says, colored people are like a breedy, which is a breedy is like, it's like a pot of stew where you put meat, veggies, tomato paste. You're just putting everything in, right? And then you mix it up and when you eat it, it's absolutely divine. Mm. Like, I mean, (laughs) yeah. Come back and I will make that for you. <laughs> like on arrival, sister. <laughs> on arrival. Um, so yeah, so I, um, a lot of, let me, let me actually like do like a bullet point kind of thing. Maybe that will be easier. I think for me, colored culture, uh, there was even actually, I need to find it. There was this thing um, where colored people, it, uh, on TikTok, it was trending because someone said something on TikTok and they were like, colored culture doesn't exist. And Ooh. all I'm telling you, all the Ooh. colored TikTokers, we came out full force. We were there. We were like, "Excuse me," and then basically what you we said, what <laughs> what we do is we take certain things that are so colored to us. Example, and yes, a lot of black people do resonate yes. with this as well. Yes. Um, example: Your mom called, so she's on her way from work. 
It's a really <laughs> silly example. And uh, you obviously, as the oldest child in the house, you have to get dinner started. Correct? Yep. And she tells you and she's like, cool, take the meat out the take freezer. Take the chicken out the freezer. Whatever the case may be. And then all these videos went viral. And obviously, so it's, it's, it's about dialect for me the most. It's really about um, certain phrases, things we say. So basically... Uh, this guy takes the his mom opens the front door she comes home and she's like is the chicken or is the meat like on the stove have you started and this boy forgot to take the meat out the freezer and basically the hashtag is if colored culture doesn't exist why would my mother why does my mom do this Mm. if colored culture doesn't exist why why do colored people always say i list for something liquor meaning I'm craving something nice, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And uh, that's <laughs> such a colored thing to say. And, you know, like you want something, you don't know what it is. And like our parents say that all the time. I think there's so many for me. It's really just taking it back to food. Tuli said poikies. Um, I was at this establishment a few days ago and it was like a chisanyama, mm-hmm. which is a. Uh, it's like a barbecue. Yeah. Everyone's just but, barbecuing. But it's open. It's yeah. like a barbecue for. So. It's, how the hell do you finish this? <laughs> so it's like a place where you go and you buy raw meat and then they bride for you. And it's a social event. So you sit and wait for your meat to be bride cool. or you bride together with people. But it's like a big barbecue. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's, like a it's like a cookout. It's like a family cookout. It's like a family cookout. But it's not only, it's like, okay, it's, a, it's like a place. Sure, sure. <laughs> fine. Okay. And most, and the okay. people who are cooking are not colored people. They are black mm-hmm. women older women who are cooking to make a buck for the day right and i'm sitting there and i'm like if these women could jump on poiki course if they could jump on like getting a big cold what is a poiki a cauldron like a pot the three-legged pot yeah the three-legged pot do you know what that is (laughs) it's a cauldron yeah why did you say three-legged pot It's Naya. Um, it's the American so, influence. So basically, yeah, I feel you. It's, I'm it's like, literally the cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> if they could jump on this this thing, right? Because it makes quite a, it makes a, a lot of food. Yeah. Uh, they could sell it for, and I'm just I'm just trying to you know coming with my business mindset, and I'm like, stop buying. The meat is expensive. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine <laughs> I as SD colored woman go stand next to these women. Have my poiki, whether it's lamb stew that I'm making or whatever the case. I don't think I would have lasted a day because they would have hit me out of that place. Like, <laughs> because you would have stolen all the customers. Yeah. So they would have beaten you. So, but I'm just like, so, so yes, everything from the three-legged pot dish to the breedy I spoke about earlier to um, butter chicken curry. And yes, that does come from Indian. Indian yeah. But so, like I said yeah. earlier, when we were split into Cape Malay, the 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 Cape Malay group of people uh, made the dish extremely different. It's not as hot. Mm. You can eat colored people's curry. Mm. You you don't have to you know go to the toilet five minutes later or add like what's this thing that they add like yogurt. Yeah, they add this yogurt thing because yeah. you know it's it's hot. You know the the normal curry. Um, you asked me something else from dishes to, for me the most. Not important thing, but the most thing, like like I said earlier, I could notice if someone's colored if they just walk in the room, mannerisms, dialect, yeah. how they sound, just the way yeah. they, I can't even say the way they carry themselves because colorism comes into play so, and so much. They are, but I'm, and you know, this is, 
Can I ask another question? Sure. Sure. I'm going to get to my question. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting that we brought up like it's an Indian dish, right? So for me, you you say that like you can immediately identify someone who's colored. Obviously, A, because you are colored, right? Yeah. And then the dialect, other things. As an American, I remember growing up and thinking, oh, someone who's colored in South Africa looks Indian. Is that weird? Like for me, that was how I broke it down. It wasn't until Tuli was like, that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was like, oh, that that doesn't add up. Like the formula I had in my head is, okay, I know what black people look like in South Africa. I know what white people look like. And if you look Indian, you're colored. Indian colored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how my brain formulated, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we're still jumping around like, how would someone know that they're colored, right? You just know. Naya, it's the same way you know, like, accent for me when yeah. it comes to indian and colored it's the accent the accent 100 and also a lot of okay. uh, indian people in south africa can't speak afrikaans yeah yeah okay yeah. okay so cool. colored people so what it's called it's called dikapsa dialect directly translated the cape town dialect um okay so automatically you can hear that someone is because a lot of indian people come from Durban. Durban. And Afrikaans is not a thing there. In Durban, no. Like, you could go no. to Durban and speak Afrikaans and no one will understand a I thing. Think. Although you saying this, though, someone said to me, and I don't I don't get this often. I think it's only when, like, I straighten what? my hair or whatever. But someone was like, are you Indian? And I was like, I was like, are you dumb? <laughs> like, <laughs> because it's not so black and white, right? Mm. I've met many colored people who look yeah. Indian, so they are darker skinned. And I've met many colored yeah. people who, I mean, I mean, many Indian people who look colored, so they are fairer-skinned. Um, but but yeah, by as a South African, I've never confused the colored and Indian person in my life. Never, ever. Col- cool. People are so distinct, and so are Indian people. Mm. I think for me, really, it's mm. just the hair t- texture. Yeah, Indian also people. hair. Yeah, hair okay. is also very hair. important. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. We need to get some of that amla oil. Yeah, we need that amla <laughs> oil. <laughs> oh my gosh, this was such an amazing conversation and i hope that you guys took a lot from it as much as we did as much as anaya i hope you did um but yeah i'm still just a big a ball of like okay how do i figure this out but otherwise i'm good but isn't that <laughs> amazing though so that is what identity is that right? is exactly what yeah the colored identity the colored race in south africa is is that it's so complex yeah you know yeah it can't be one thing or another it can't and you can't ever fully figure it out and say yeah i've got it my fingers on the pulse because culture changes as well Mm -hmm. um yeah you know and people are people you know yeah people are people estes on one journey in her one time of her life and she's in another the next moment and that's totally Mm -hmm. fine we need to be able to embrace those kinds of flows but yeah thank you so much esty for joining us Thank you for blessing us with your presence. Thank you. She's now about to cook dinner for me, so um, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah, Yay. that's it for me. Any we final love yes. words from you, <laughs> I have to do this for one reason only. Um, so I had this chat. So I recently just got back from um, Asia, Beijing, right? So I was teaching drama there. And I'd met this guy from oh, awesome. America. He's from Philly. Um, and he said I have to give him a shout out. So... <laughs> I have to give yeah. him a shout out because <laughs> when he better I, be listening. He definitely is. Don't waste our time Heck on yeah, this guy from be. <laughs> Because when I, the first time I met him, actually, 
um, he, we, we had this chat in depth. And this is why I'm saying, Naya, you probably have so many questions that, like follow-ups, um, because he was like confused the entire, like we had this chat and he was like, I just, I still don't get it. <laughs> and the more I try to explain yes, to him. It, it... Yeah. I also feel like, I feel like you need to be in the space. So what is that called? Yeah. E- ethnography? I guess. Yeah, like when I'll you study you. people, when yes. you study their their mannerisms. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I feel like you need, especially. And and maybe then then you'll come up with your own findings and be yeah. like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Um, it's about being that in the sense. space, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so Steve, this is for you. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for <laughs> having me on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Next time we do this, I'll probably identify as white. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Like, it's just so damn complex. Like, (laughs) fuck it. You know what? Esty, you can identify as anything you want in life. White is not one of them. I'm sorry. And I'm dead. (laughs) So, Naya, one of the biggest things is, right, I was actually chatting to him the other day, and he was like, if I come to the States, I would watch J-Lo. Latino. Uh, Latino. 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 Yeah. So he's yeah, like, they would not even look at me as colored exactly. or black. Yeah, you look like a Latino. Yeah. So that's, and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, you know? You really do. So it's basically yeah. how we can go th- to all these different spaces and still be identified as something completely different. So who am I to sit in a bar, yeah. start a bar fight when someone yeah. doesn't agree with my colouredness? Yeah. So I just. Yeah. Oof. I have not How heard... How dare they put their ignorance on you? That's yeah. what I'm Exactly, exactly. I have not heard it's words not wiser than that. And on that note, back. Back. <laughs> this is where we're going to park it for this episode of Rant Match. Thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten to this point, it means we gripped you and uh, you were Yay! interested to hear what, what happened in the end. If you have any questions, please DM us. I'll send them directly to SD. <laughs> that. Definitely that. Because I don't know the answers. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. To the hard TikTok, you don't stop. Stop, stop.